Sport Tech with Abu, where you can listen anywhere on your portable devices. This is a series of episodes with different topics discussed on disabilities, different backgrounds, religious, sports, technology and people in the disability section because we're always trying to be equal and be equalized with everyone. So you can listen to this on your various platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, Acast, Google Podcasts or any other platforms, online podcast services that are out there. And you're joined with your host Abu Bakr, the podcast called Sport Tech with Abu. So subscribe, like, comment and share. Sport Tech with Abu. We don't only talk about sports and tech, we talk all other documents and topics because we're always equalised. Equaliser. Not the equaliser because this is the Sport Tech with Abu podcast. My name's Dave Steele. I am known as the Blind Poet and I am 45 and from Manchester. My journey with low vision and blindness started a little over six years ago, nearly seven years, when I was diagnosed with a condition called retinitis pigmentosa, or RP for short. Now, for those of you that don't know what RP is, I'll give you a kind of a brief explanation because uh, it's uh, integral to my story and the way, I, uh, the way I lose my sight is, RP is a hereditary condition, so it genetically runs in the family. In my particular case, it comes from my mum's side. The way you start to lose your vision with RP generally starts off with night blindness, so struggling from light to dark places, and then you start to lose your peripheral vision, so they call it tunnel vision, so it's like a tunnel closing inwards, and then it results in, in blindness in a lot of cases. The way I see it at the moment is, my left eye is completely blurred now, can't see out of that, and my right eye is like looking through a straw. When I was diagnosed nearly seven years ago now, I went in for a routine eye exam and opticians. I used to get myself checked every couple of years just to make sure I was okay for driving and things. And went into a routine eye test and they looked into the back of my eyes and told me that the pigment um, was very thick and my eyes had started to deteriorate quite quickly. I was told that I needed to stop driving straight away. Um, and I had to inform my employer. And now at the time, my wife, well, she was my fiance at the time, was sat out in the waiting room with our six month old baby boy. We were just planning on getting married. I was in a new kind of cycle in my life. And from that kind of moment, getting that diagnosis of RP, everything kind of changed. I told my employer, I was working in car sales at the time and I was also working as a singer. I told my employer that I uh, was being diagnosed with RP and I was being diagnosed as registered blind, severely sight impaired and they let me go because I couldn't drive anymore. I couldn't do the gigs uh, for my uh, singing work anymore. Um, so I, I was unable to work. We lost our house because we couldn't afford the rent on the places we, in the place we were staying. And for the first kind of eight or nine months, it was a real kind of struggle. Like a lot of people, we fell through the net of the system, couldn't get the support that we needed. We had to feed our kids on food parcels, um, you know, for a little while. And I was struggling with anxiety due to my rapid declining vision and uh, depression as well. Uh, for the guilt that I was carrying because of the pressure, not only me going blind was putting on my family, but financial pressure as well um, through all the things and not being able to get the right support. About eight or nine months down the line, my sister, who also has RP, suggested that I go on to some of the support groups on Facebook and speak to other people who were going through a similar thing. When I joined some of these support groups on Facebook, I got speaking to people. That was a great help, which is always the way. And then 
I, I was asked to go and attend a support group meeting in Newcastle for people with RP and another condition called Usher syndrome, which is deaf blindness. So the same sight loss as RP, but with hearing loss as well. And when they heard that I was a singer, um, they asked me if I would come and be the entertainment for the day, which I agreed to immediately because I was very nervous about going and being around other visually impaired people for the first time. Being on stage and being the singer and the entertainment for their support group was almost like my comfort zone, so it made me feel a lot nervous. So the night before the support group, I was in bed thinking of songs to sing the following day, and I had this idea, a kind of eureka moment that kind of changed everything, where I thought it'd be a great idea if I could change the words to a song that everyone knew, um, so it would have more of an impact, more of an emotional response. So I chose the song Stand By Me by Benny King, I'm sure we all know it, because I love the opening line of when the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see, because that was like night blindness. I performed the song, which I called Stand By Me RP, uh, the following day, and when I sang it, I got a reaction that I, I, I really, to this day, can't believe. People were coming up to me saying that I was able to describe how they felt about their journey with low vision and how my words were helping them feel like they were less alone. And at that moment, it kind of triggered something in me. Because I always say that when I started to lose my sight, like a lot of people, I went through a very familiar battle. Uh, I lost my independence, lost my confidence, I lost my pride. But the biggest thing it kind of took from me was my purpose. I didn't know what I was going to do next. All of a sudden, when I found these words and found that they were helping people, it was like turning on a tap. I started to write poetry, because music and poetry are the same thing. Um, to me, it's just song lyrics. And every day I was writing two or three a day um, and it was just basically spilling out of me to the point now where I've written three books which have been number one releases in both America and Australia uh, called Stand By Me RP after that one song. I've written over 900 poems and I speak at events all over the world and I've become to be known as the blind poet. During the pandemic you set social media and workshops. How did that intrigue you and how did you overcome it with different technology and different things? And also if you could read a poem as well. So when the pandemic began and when we all went to lockdown, a lot of us turned to social media to try and connect with people because we weren't seeing our friends, our family, our loved ones. And it's important for our mental health to have that kind of contact. So I, for the past so many years now, even before the pandemic, as you have used social media to reach out to people. I write a piece of poetry, and as I said, I've written over 900 now, and not one of them has taken me longer than 20 minutes. And for the click of a button, I can send that piece of poetry around to someone on the other side of the world who will use my words as a way for them to explain to their loved ones how they feel about their journey with blindness and low vision when they can't find the words themselves. That to me is just invaluable. So for me, it was a natural thing of turning to social media when we went into um, lockdown. A lot of us are now using Zoom and I started doing a weekly Zoom uh, webinar every Wednesday at 9 p.m. UK time, which is 4 p.m. Eastern USA time because I get a lot of people tuning in from America. And initially, when we started doing the, uh, the Zoom platform, it was just to find out how people were feeling and talk about, you know, how it almost felt like the whole world had stepped into the shoes of people with disabilities and people with low vision and blindness because everyone was having to deal with social anxiety, isolation, having to think twice before you step outside your door, which are feelings that people like us are all too familiar with. So when we did that first Zoom class, 
uh, Zoom webinar. It was to find out how people were feeling and then from those feelings, write a piece of poetry about that, which is what we did. And it's continued on to become one of the uh, the largest Zoom webinars um, regular in um, the blindness community across the world now. We have hundreds of people tuning in from all over the world and it's now called Team Poetry, um, which has been entitled by my team I work with in America. Um, and from that, I write poetry every week. Sport Tech with Abu. We don't only talk about sports and tech, we talk all other documents and topics because we're always equalized. The equalizer. Not the equalizer, because this is the Sport Tech with Abu podcast. I want to read you a piece of poetry now, which I actually wrote a few weeks ago now. It's called Blind Perceptions. And one of the guys on the call said that this piece of poetry really encapsulated everything about how he felt about his journey with low vision and blindness. So I hope a lot of you can relate to this. This one's called Blind Perceptions. I know there's strength inside of you, though all you feel is numb. Don't be afraid as eyesight fades for what is still to come. You will adjust. In these words, trust. We share these tunneled eyes, a mix of strength and anxiousness. The same in me applies. My shins are full of bruises and my confidence misplaced. At times, self-isolated, felt the world too much to face. So I'm here to remind you, all the times we fail don't matter. There's lots of misconceptions still. Let's remind them of the latter. It's not that complicated, change how blindness is defined. Let's educate, articulate the many ways we're blind. It's never all or nothing, many shades and different views. Yet there's this stereotype they keep on printing in the news. No wonder some of us have fears when out in crowded place. They see the cane but can't explain why we look them in the face. There's some of us who stay at home, convinced of the excuse that because we don't look blind enough, there's a need to be recluse. Don't waste your life on people whose opinions are way off. Just swipe your cane with courage, hold your head with pride aloft. So never doubt what we're about, despite what some believe. Come join me on my mission, change the way we are perceived. I won't let the haze that filled my eyes consume the rest of me. There's more to life than edge of knife despite what I can't see. Try not to care as people stare with looks of vague suspicion. But why should I explain to them the terms of my condition? Though it's much simpler to stay home, won't waste another day. Their pity's just an obstacle that's getting in my way. Though I am blind, won't be confined by others' misconceptions. This poetry that spills from me will change their blind perceptions. Though anxious chest and days depressed have far from disappeared, I've learned to breathe while I still grieve, control these things I've feared. My kids look on, not on what's gone, but all each day I teach. For if tomorrow their eyes pay, life's dreams are still in reach. So I'll not cry as vision dies, won't focus on the blur. No point in holding on to how those days and eyes once were. What advice would you give to any person that has a disability so the advice i'd give to anyone who has a disability or anyone newly diagnosed with low vision or blindness is just to not be too hard on yourself all these things dealing with anxiety struggling with depression isolation things that i talk about in all my poetry 
are all perfectly normal. And once we understand that these things are perfectly natural and those days where we, you know, we have our bad eye days or are struggling with anxiety or depression and things like that, the worst things about it is the frustration. It's the, you know, we beat ourselves up too much. You know, we get down on ourselves and we stop ourselves doing the things that we should. So, you know, my advice always is to, I talk about it in that poem, that poem that I just read, that learning to breathe while I still grieve. That means to me that I'm, I'm grieving for the sight I've already lost and the sight I'm yet to lose, but I won't let it stop me. I know that it's perfectly natural and normal to get anxious and scared in certain situations, but I'm not going to let that stop me. And that's the biggest advice I can give. So going forward, what advice could you give to me uh, when taking it, progressing my podcast as well that I'm interested and passionate with? Something like you did the poetry called The Blind Poet. How would you say to take it forward, my podcast and progression it well the advice i'd give to you if you're starting off a, a podcast or you know anything on social media is whatever you're doing do it from the heart um because that's what people kind of relate to you know i'm doing my podcast uh, later on this evening uh team poetry and a recording of this we're in valentine's week and i'm going to be speaking about love but not just love between you know a, 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 a partner but also love for the things that you do and i believe that you know everything that we should do we should we should do from our hearts and you know i talk about the amount of poetry that i've written in the last you know five or six years and the reason why i've written all these poems and none of them has taken me longer than 20 minutes is because when i write a piece of poetry it comes from there and it's almost like there's someone sat on my shoulder and you know if i find that i'm writing and i'm struggling with a piece of poetry or you know anything if you were you know wanting to put together a podcast and you are you know laboring with it and it's not coming out then you maybe need to take a step back and say you know am i doing it from a, a place of heart a place of passion something that i really care about because if you're speaking about anything that you love then you'll have no problem relating and connecting with others what does manchester mean to me manchester is my home um i left manchester when i was 18 and I went and worked away. I started off as an entertainer at the Holly Parks for a company called Pontins, which a lot of you may be familiar with. I was a blue coat, worked away as a singer, was did musicals and toured on cruise ships and worked all over the world. And eventually came back to Manchester um, just over nine years ago um, to live um, for the first time since I was 18. And it's my home. Um, it's, you know, I'm proud to be from Manchester. I think when you move away, you become more proud of the, of the place you, you come from. But Manchester being a place of art and music and, and great football and, you know, amazing down to earth people um, and poetry as well. Um, I want to, you know, be a big shout out to Tony Walsh, who read the piece of poetry called This Is A Place, um, which was done after the, uh, the, the, the Ariana Grande um, terrorist attack. Um, it, it's just, you know, that sums up what Manchester is about for me and I'm very proud to be from here. Thank you for listening to the various of different episodes on this podcast with Sport Tech with Abu and hopefully you're still with me. Hopefully you're enjoying this on various of platforms where you listen to on your Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, Apple Music, any platforms, please do listen to it and please give a comment, share, like and subscribe to this unique and equalized podcast, Sport Tech with Abu. And I will see you on the next episode. So keep it tuned in. And various of interviews are on this podcast series as well. So I hope you enjoy it. And please spread the word. Sport Tech with Abu.